0: Good morning. Good morning. We're live. Thank you so much for having me this morning. I was telling others, a few that I met here this morning, that I kind of feel at home when I come here. I love coming to the Community Chapel Church of the Nazarene for sure. And just a quick shout out to Pastor Jeff. Recover well, my brother. Um, but we're so thankful from all of those at the Southern New Hampshire Rescue Mission for the the great support that you guys offer to us um, in so many different ways, like I mentioned last time, including the chicken and the egg salad sandwiches that are delivered to us for a meal once a month. Uh, We're tremendously thankful for that. Uh, And what I thought I would do for you this morning is just bring you kind of a quick update. I provided some slides, and they'll be coming up shortly, I'm sure. But we're really excited, because as I've been kind of sharing in a bunch of Facebook posts and we certainly shared at our banquet recently and in other ways that we're excited about really the cusp of opening the Hope Center for Women. Uh, The Hope Center for Women is a property that we purchased uh, back in July. We have the slides, are we good? There we go. Uh, The Hope Center for Women, I just provided just a brief kind of a little journey uh, to take you on. We have actually been praying about this as a board at the Southern New Hampshire Rescue Mission probably for about five years now. So it's been a long journey for us and there have been a few false starts along the way but God has affirmed uh, in our work this location in so many different ways, big and small ways. Uh, I shared at the bank that there are so many God stories in this journey, I don't have time to share them all. Uh, but here's just a a snapshot of this little journey that we've been on. Um, I don't want my back to you, but the property is at 36 Toll Street, and we purchased that back in July of 2021. We purchased it with cash, so it's debt-free. We're proud of that. Uh, We went to the city to obtain our variance and an approval for us to use the property for the purpose of a women's shelter. Uh, My attorney and a designer who went assured me that uh, to be prepared, it could be a very interesting meeting. Uh, and that he prepared me what to expect, and it wasn't all positive. Uh, we received a unanimous vote from the board to proceed on the first meeting. Again one of those God stories that just affirms his will in all of this to keep moving forward. After we obtained the approval, uh, we started meeting with a designer uh, and developed the detailed plans. I can assure you in this project, I was, it was a first in so many different ways for me, but I've learned that the detailed plans that are required for a general contractor and others are just that, they're detailed. They're very detailed. So uh, we worked with somebody over the course of a, about six weeks to settle on uh, the plans and to get those approved. Uh, we secured a general contractor, which really in the time that we were looking to do that was quite a challenge. Uh, somebody to take on yet another project, and in the time frame that we were looking for. Uh, so we expected a little bit of a challenge there. I received a really good reference of a Christian in our community who accepted the project and assured us that he could get started in about six months, five to six months. So we were tremendously blessed by that. We began demolition on 12-28-21. So we started uh, The inside of the building, and if you can imagine, it's a 7,700-square-foot property, two levels. It was really just a shell. So we started with nothing inside. It had started to be, it was renovated uh, initially from the Teen Challenge Ministry, and they were going to leverage it as a part of their men's um, location. They have one in Manchester. They were looking to start one up in Nashua. But they stopped that project, so there were some things in there that had to be torn out, uh, demolished, and taken away. We got all that done. We actually started renovating the property according to our design in January of 2022. And then six slash seven months later, on July the 8th, we received final inspection and they approved um, for us to use the property, basically a certificate of occupancy. We began additional updates. Uh, We want the property to be uh, very safe and secure property for the women the homeless women who come with a variety of different traumas and challenges uh, so we've updated it with a security system with an access control system for all of the doors uh, so that we could uh, maintain the coming and going of all of our guests and the safety and security of all the women who were in there uh, we've also started furnishing the property and i'll speak a little bit about that in a moment and then of course staffing so we have to staff the property the challenge for the women's uh, the hope center for women is that you can imagine it needs to be staffed 24 seven. We have to have folks there all times of the day, seven days a week. So we're looking for resident assistants. we're looking for overnight monitors, we're looking for folks that can really come, aso- come alongside of us and help us serve that ministry 24 um, seven. And I'll speak a little bit about that in a moment as well. And we are planning uh, an open house in about two to three weeks uh, where we'll start Having housing the staff and getting the property up and running so that we can begin housing uh, the first homeless women uh, in that facility. Um, today, there are approximately 10 beds for homeless women in Nashua, just 10. And that is supported by the Nashua Soup Kitchen and Shelter and the property is on Ash Street in Nashua, just 10. We're going to add 25 beds to that, so it'll be 35 beds in Nashua Um, It's a good start for us as we continue to increase and meet the need of so many homeless and desperate women in Nashua. So keep praying for us. The next slide, I have a few pictures for you just to give you kind of an understanding of where we started and now where we are. Um, This first picture is kind of one of the early pictures um, in terms of the properties. So you can see it's barely starting to get framed out. There's no ceiling, just a bunch of rafters and steel. Um, The floors aren't ready. Uh, There's really nothing here that looks too exciting except an open space, an open shell that we're just starting to shape. The next slide shows another challenge that we came up against. So we had to really kind of redo all of the plumbing in the facility. So the facility, all of it, brand new plumbing, brand new HVAC, brand new ductwork, brand new electrical, everything in that facility is brand new. And so we had to rip apart and tear up quite a bit of the facility in order to to make it new. So this picture here is sort of the basement where we had to actually put in all the plumbing. Um, You'll see in a moment, just imagine this space is going to become the shower facility, the downstairs shower facility for the women in the center. The next picture, as it started to take shape, you could see some of the new ductwork above, some of the framing starting to take place, a lot of activity um, inside. This is the dining hall. Uh, So imagine this, when you see the new dining hall, This this will become our new dining hall facility with TVs mounted and tables, counters, and a sink, uh, lots of new things for for the women to be able to enjoy. The next slide. So this is the new Hope Center for Women. Uh, This is the dining hall, the refurbished dining hall, the tables and chairs. You can see the counter and the sink on the left-hand side. There are new counters on the right-hand side a brand new refrigerator. If I could just pause for a moment, because this is one of those God stories I really love to share. Um, Those refrigerators are commercial. It's a commercial refrigerator, so it's a very expensive refrigerator, and it's one that we needed at the Hope Center. Um, We went up to the food bank. We collect food from the New Hampshire Food Bank, and I have a relationship with some folks up up there, and we were sharing that oftentimes we've been blessed by a donation of a freezer or refrigerator at the men's shelter. It would really be great If we could receive a similar blessing at the Hope Center, we need a new refrigerator. And she said, yeah, we have a program for that. If you can get on the waiting list for that, uh, we'll see what comes in, and perhaps we can connect you with a a person or an agency or receive a new refrigerator. And so you know how those things work when you get on the waiting list. Uh, My perception was, well, sure, that's nice, but we likely may not see a new refrigerator from this organization. We may have to purchase one in order to open up. She said, contact this person tomorrow morning, and they will put you on the waiting list, and we'll go from there. My new food service coordinator, Peter, and I met in the morning, and so we were preparing to issue our email to get on the waiting list in hopes that they would be able to provide us with a refrigerator when Peter looked at his email, and he had an incoming email, and it was from the food bank, and they said, hey, we have a refrigerator, would you like it? And I just have to be honest with you, oh, ye of little faith. (laughs) Uh, We just sat there and just, it was amazing to think that God, before we even sent the email to get on the waiting list, God said, here you go. Here's a brand new. So that refrigerator is a donation from the food bank supplied to the Hope Center. And just one of the amazing stories of how God works oftentimes. Um, So that's the dining hall. The next slide, Mine's a little dark, sorry for that. But this is the downstairs portion of the facility. The portion on the left is the area where we'll be housing the emergency shelter. That is now, we've had a couple bunk bed building projects go over the last two weekends. So that is now supplied with brand new bunk beds and mattresses and underneath storage lockers, if you can imagine that. 16 women, uh, eight bunk beds, 16 beds. They'll be able to be housed down here in a very comfortable environment, store their stuff safe and secure. On the right hand side is a brand new conference, a little conference room, conference area. We'll be able to do biblical instruction, teaching. It's got a TV inside there, a new brand new uh, conference room table and chairs that we secured from another donor. Uh, So that's gonna be a really great area for us to be able to set aside uh, areas where our program coordinator can work and they can do biblical instruction for the the ladies. The next slide, this is back on the upstairs, kind of looking towards the back of the dining hall. So the dining hall would be on the right. This is our intake area. So those cubicles will be uh, set up with workstations where the ladies can come in, we can do intakes. There'll be a workstation there for the women there who need to go online and to set up applications or find out the status of their applications. They'll be able to have access to a computer and Wi-Fi and do all that sort of work. And then behind that, the two doors, offices, one for staff on the right and another little area for, for meeting with our guests uh, more privately and working through uh, counseling, those sort of things. So it looks really sharp, I hope you agree. It's an amazing facility. The last slide is that transformed area where you just saw kind of a pipe and dug up um, concrete. This is the new shower facility downstairs uh, where the women, it's got countersinks, um, countertops, brand, uh, brand new stalls, all brand new plumbing. It's a really beautiful facility um, that the Lord has given to us and has allowed us to prepare for, for homeless women. Um, It's a facility that will give them great dignity, that will give them great comfort and convenience, that will give them great safety and security, and it's gonna be a blessing for us to be able to use for God's glory to offer them the hope of the gospel while they get their lives back on track. Uh, So we're pleased that God has done that work, that you perhaps have helped us continue to pray for that Hope Center as we open it up for the staffing and for the furnishing that needs to still uh, take place. But the last slide just kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what we're looking for. I placed, as you come in on the table, a flyer that has a QR code and a a link to an Amazon wish list. We put up a a wish list for things that folks can donate, go online to the Amazon wish list and donate and purchase, sent to the mission so that we can uh, continue furnishing that. And it has everything on it from, Lisa, what do we have? Little creamer containers and mops and warmers for food, a lot of different a variety of things that perhaps you would like to, to help us out with in terms of furnishing that so take a flyer they're out there um, take a look at what's online and if you feel led to help out th- with that we would greatly appreciate that staffing like i said is a little bit of a challenge we do have a few staff in place already that we've set up or that we've uh, accomplished and then we still need resident assistance and overnight monitors And that's a big challenge for us. An overnight monitor is somebody who uh, watches overnight uh, the facility, manages the cameras, makes sure everything is safe and secure. Um, If there's an issue, an incident, they can help out with that. Uh, So they work primarily 10 to six, 10 o'clock at night to six in the morning. Um, I have at the men's shelter, I have an option for using a security firm to do that, but that's very expensive. Um, And it's not really an option that I can fit into my current budget. So I really need everyone's help uh, to be able to to secure that facility overnight. So if that's something that a couple nights a week, um, it, it offers a stipend. If it's something that you think you can help out with, or you know somebody who can help out with, send them my way. We'll chat about that a little bit more, uh, but we need to staff that up seven days a week and make sure that, for and it needs to be a woman, of course, I'm sorry. Right, so it would be just women. Yeah, thank you. That's what she does, she keeps me straight. <laughs> I need that. Uh, praying. Please pray. Uh, we've all, I mentioned one of the stories, you know, God is always at work. He's doing amazing things. He'll continue to do amazing things. His gospel is presented at this facility and women are going to be transformed into lives that love and serve Jesus Christ. That's our goal. That's our priority. That's what we desire the most. In addition to giving them the help that they need, a warm shower every night, a meal every morning, clothing that they can access, All of those items are going to be available to all of the women that come into that facility free of charge. We don't charge a penny for any service that these women offer, nothing. So keep praying for us and in supporting us financially. If you're able to do that, by God's grace, uh, see me, go online, hopefornashua.org. It's like any other organization, honestly, we need money too. Uh, We have to pay the bills um, and staff and keep the facility up and running, operating, um, so Pray if that's a part of your heart to give, or if you're already giving, thank you for doing that. Um, Please consider that as well. So those are some of the ways that you can help us get the Hope Center for Women up and running. If you would like a personal tour, um, there'll be a note, maybe I'll send it to you, Mary or Jeff, um, in terms of the open house. But if you simply can't wait for the open house and you wanna come see it soon, shoot me a note, send me a text, give me a call. Uh, we would love, we've taken a lot of folks over, just walk them through the facilities to see what it's like and how amazingly transformed it is. And it's going to be a great, uh, a great facility for women in Nashville. Amen? Amen. So that's what's up at the Southern New Hampshire Rescue Mission, among some of the other things that are going on over there. Um, it's a busy time. Pray for us um, as we open that facility up and as we continue to minister to men, up to 35 men every night, at the men's shelter at 40 Chestnut Street. Some of the same programs that we'll offer there, we will offer at the Hope Center, Uh, the life change program, a work program. Uh, So double the the work, the activity, Uh, but God's got this, I'm certain. So uh, I did prepare a message for us this morning. Uh, Jeff gave me a little bit of a challenge uh, to bring to you this morning. And the question may be a part of a series that you guys have been studying through. The question that he wanted me to address from the perspective of rescue mission ministry and homeless outreach. The question, can the broken flourish? Can the broken flourish? And I think my big idea as I work through this today for something for us to remember is that brokenness and flourishing are centered on Christ, not circumstances. Brokenness and flourishing are centered on Christ not circumstances. And so I'll lead you into my thought around that. Um, There's no doubt from my perspective in rescue Rescue mission ministry uh, that there's an unfortunate stream of brokenness in the lives of so many that we serve at the rescue mission. Homelessness in and of itself conjures images of destitute and desperate individuals, sometimes with a very steep climb out of their troubles and their trials from despair and deep poverty. Incredible challenges. In addition to homelessness, imagine or consider the addition of addictions, drug or alcohol or both. Damaged and destroyed relationships. Many that come to us have burned every bridge in their lives, family, friends, employers. There really aren't any very good relationships left. Complete restoration is needed. They come to us with poor physical and mental health issues. And they come to us very discouraged and almost hopeless. They come to us in that condition, yet honestly, what I discover at the rescue mission and what encourages me the most is the hope of the gospel, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ at work in hopelessness. Because oftentimes it's only when we come to that point in our lives, when we're really able to reach out and to say, Lord, I need you, I need you. When they've tried every other way to complete failing and utter despair, incredible poverty, I need you, Lord, I need you. And so the rescue mission is a great respite and a great opportunity for us to share the good news of Jesus Christ and the hope of the gospel that produces salvation and true flourishing, true flourishing. We see broken lives there restored and reconciled, reborn into a great and living hope. We see transformed lives into servants for the Lord Jesus Christ And so those are some of the success stories that we celebrate at the Rescue Mission, and that you can too. Stories of God's amazing grace and mercy on destroyed lives that produce great flourishing out of that brokenness and great service to our Lord. And they find success contrary to the world's definition of brokenness. They find success in great eternal value through a relationship to Jesus. So really what we have to do when we go back to the the question, can the broken flourish, perhaps what we need to do is define the terms. What is broken? And what does it truly mean to flourish? And where we land on those terms is often defined by our worldview, by how we experience a life, by how we're affected by our culture I hope you would agree. The culture suggests that broken is a result oftentimes of our unfortunate circumstances. It's an undesirable status. Oftentimes, it's just part of bad luck. Really poor choices, physical or mental issues. And it's certainly not something that we admire or seek or desire. But a biblical worldview teaches us something totally different, doesn't it? That brokenness is not tied to our circumstances, but our brokenness is tied to our sin. And from that perspective, we are all broken. We are all broken. The scriptures teach us, that, or teach, that when we realize our true brokenness, our sin before our holy God, and repent, that God forgives us through the sacrifice of his son. When we are fully broken is when we are most able to flourish. When we are fully broken is when we are most able to flourish. When we realize that there's nothing in us, there's no strength in me, there's nothing that I have in my own humanity, in my sinful nature that I can do to dig my way out of this deep hole of sin, that only God can do that. Only God has done that through his son, through Jesus Christ, through a a cross, and through a reconciled relationship that requires us to understand who we are in our sin and to cry out to a holy God, forgive me. And he says, I have. And his name is Jesus. And that's what we teach at the mission. That your brokenness, wherever you are in your circumstances, in your despair, in your poverty, in your homelessness, wherever you are, you are not hopeless you are in a position where you can achieve great hopefulness. You can become a flourishing human being, a creation of God, a child of God, a new creation, born again, saved through faith in Jesus Christ. That is true flourishing. And so that's what we offer at the mission. Come in. Let's hear your story. Let me hear your brokenness. And let me offer to you that there's great hope, and there's an opportunity for you to flourish in ways you never imagined, you never imagined in a relationship to Jesus. And those are the stories I love to share. Um, If you were at our banquet, I shared a story. Actually, I didn't share a story. He shared his story. Uh, His name was Ed. Ed came to us, uh, it's probably been a couple years. Uh, Ed's had a couple false starts at the rescue mission. His first time that he came, um, he entered the program there. He was moving along uh, nicely. We were encouraging Ed. um, But Ed fell back into his old ways of alcoholism um, and made some really poor choices. Uh, Ed would tell you one thing to your face and do another behind your back. And he would admit that today if you were standing here before you as part of his testimony. Um, Ed did things that were very deceiving, deceptive, that were not things that were helpful to others, they were only things that he selfishly desired in order to help himself. And he went about doing that in all the wrong ways, as you can imagine. So Ed's life took a turn, a downfall, and Ed left the mission. Uh, He left the area, actually. Uh, Ed came back to us recently and through an email, uh, Ed was in Las Vegas and sent me an email acknowledging that he had done some things wrong, that the, the consequences were appropriate, and that he, would we consider another chance um, and so naturally for for many of us we would think we gave you your chance um, you took that opportunity and didn't make the best of it i'm sorry uh, but that's not our god our god is a god of second chances right third fourth fifth chances our god is always available to those who reach out and cry out. And I told Ed, I said, I hold nothing against you. Please come back. We would love to have you back. Um, And so Ed came back from Las Vegas. But Ed came back a changed man. He came back a different individual. Ed, while he was in Las Vegas, took a really deep, dark turn physically. Uh, He had multiple bypass surgery on his heart he passed on the table twice before they were able to revive him. Uh, he had stroke. Uh, he was in ICU in very desperate situation. He came out of that, thankfully, by God's grace, and was able to return to the Nashua area and to the rescue mission. Ed gave his life to Jesus Christ, and Ed's a changed man. He's a transformed life. Ed now serves the Savior. He serves his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ed's testimony is a testimony of the grace and mercy that God offers. it's a testimony of the brokenness that Ed experienced that brought him to a place of truth flourishing. that Ed, in his new life in Christ as a new creation, reborn of Christ uh, Nell loves to serve. Ed serves down at the rescue mission. If you have a chance and we get together, I'd love to, for you to meet him. He loves to serve in the kitchen. Ed graduated and had a degree. Um, he graduated with, um, I'm going to forget, I forget the name of the school, but he was an executive chef out in Las Vegas, uh, serving in Riviera, Riviera Casino. Um, Ed fell into his old ways of alcoholism and gambling and squandered it all but ended up in a really good place, completely broken. And so now he serves at the Mission, and he has brought his executive chef and culinary skills, and I'll tell you what, you should see some of the amazing meals that the men have at night for dinner. Homemade pizza and Alfredo and homemade meatballs and sausage, and what was his most famous one? Oh, the lemon pepper chicken. I've never had lemon pepper chicken as good as he made it. But it's a story because the stigma oftentimes for homelessness and for people that come to us is not right, it's it's not how it truly is. Ed had a degree, a college degree. Ed was a culinary success. Ed was making a lot of money. And yet Ed, like many of us, was just a few poor choices or decisions away from a really bad spot. Let us never forget that. Don't conjure up those images of homelessness in your mind that say that that could never be me. That could be me easily with a poor choice, a bad decision, or a really unfortunate circumstance. So Ed's a great success story of brokenness that produces flourishing. And it wasn't about his circumstances necessarily. It was about his heart. It was about Ed's acknowledgement that all of the things that he was choosing were not helpful, were not producing what the world would teach him would be successful. The money, the job, the degree, all of those things, they really didn't mean anything in terms of flourishing. And sometimes they're very deceptive. And I think for many of us and in our culture, we can be be deceived. When we think we're that successful that we don't understand how truly broken we are, you may be in a very bad spot. You may be worse off than someone who comes to me who is homeless, desperate, and in great despair. So we need to be careful about how we define brokenness and how we understand flourishing. So I say the broken can flourish. As a matter of fact, I say that only the broken can flourish. Only the broken can find true flourishing. In a couple texts uh, for this morning, one out of Luke 15, a very familiar parable that Jesus offers, the prodigal son I want to just walk through the prodigal son's journey and help to relate this to brokenness and flourishing. And his journey can often be like a little bit like our journey. The story of this prodigal son in this parable might even look a little bit like our story, our journey. And we might be in different places along that journey. Discover your place in this journey of this prodigal. Here's the text. I'm just going to go back into uh, Luke 15, verse uh, 10, just to get set a little bit of the context. He says, In the same way there was joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Then he goes into the illustration. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land and there he wasted all his money in wild living. All the time his money about the time his money ran out a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, catch this, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you His father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. That's a very interesting story, and I think it's appropriate for my thoughts today. Can the broken flourish? Only those who are broken can truly flourish. The son desiring his wealth before his dad even died. Arrogance at its best. Dad, give me my money now. Took the money, off he went, packed his belongings off. He had a great plan, I'm sure. He was going to flourish as the world would define flourishing, it says he went out and squandered it all, wasted his money on wild living. Gluttony, money, sex, everything that the world told him to go after, to go grab, this will make you feel good. He did that. And so in his mind, he thought perhaps he was flourishing. But was he really? He was not. He was not. And so we, when he came to the point that even the stuff that he was feeding the pigs looked pretty good for food, that he was starving, perhaps homeless, out of money, desperate, in great despair, I want you to focus on this one turning point, this one phrase. I'm reading from the NLT, and it says, he came to his senses the man came to his senses. He realized that all he had tried to discover in flourishing was gone in an instant. It never produced the happiness he thought he could achieve. And it will not today. None of those things will ever do that for you, for me, or for us. So you may chase after those things. I may, we may chase after those things, but they will not produce true true flourishing. When he came to his senses is when he became truly broken. It's when he realized that all the things in his current reality that he thought would produce flourishing could not and would not. That now in his brokenness, he finally realized. And if you look at the the discovery of this, this man, this son, he says... In his discovery, I have sinned. I've sinned against both heaven and you. His heart has been changed. His attitude has changed. He has discovered true brokenness because of his sin. And now he is ready to discover true flourishing. I'm gonna go back to my dad. I know I'm not worthy to be called his son. I just wanna be a hired servant. I just want something to eat. And we also know as a part of this story about the loving father, don't we? Who from far off sees his son, runs to his son, receives him, doesn't demean him, call him foolish, accepts him back because he is seeking what he now needs the most, a relationship with his father through brokenness that produces flourishing. Lord, I have sinned against you. When we come to that point in our lives and understand who we are in our sin nature, that we are tremendously broken, and we realize that the God of heaven sent Jesus Christ, his son, to die on a cross to resolve your brokenness and to produce true flourishing, that's a great day for us to celebrate, for you to celebrate. That's the day of the most important celebration in any individual's life. When we come to our senses, and we realize the depth and despair of our sin, and we grieve over it, it's one of the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn. When we grieve over the sin that separates us from a holy God, and we say, Lord, I need you, forgive me. And by faith, mere belief, the gift of God We are changed, transformed, and become the children of God. It's flourishing that if you have not experienced, and I pray that you have, it's nothing beyond anything that you can ever imagine or describe. It's a peace that transcends our own understanding, and it's a joy incomprehensible according to the Scriptures. That's what the prodigal experienced. That's the parable of Christ. Where are you in that story? That's our story in essence. That's the story of every individual. We are someplace in that journey. And I pray that we've come to that point of flourishing, of acknowledging our sin, and living a life for the Savior. If I could just one more parable, I'll be brief. Luke Luke 18. The same idea, a different set of individuals. Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a 10th of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I don't think I have to describe all of the details of that story for you to understand what it means to be truly broken and how to truly flourish. The religious man, the Pharisee, clearly thought he had it all figured out. If I could put it in today's context, look, I go to church every week. I put a couple bucks in the plate. I sing worship songs. I do all those things. God would certainly be pleased with that, wouldn't he? We need to be careful that we don't become like the Pharisee. That we don't start checking boxes, expecting to earn God's favor by impressing him with our acts, fasting twice a week. I go to prayer meeting. Hey, I read my Bible once a day. We need to be careful about how we define brokenness and flourishing. For God chastised the Pharisee. He said, hey, that's not what it's about. As a matter of fact, take a look at the tax collector. The man who in his humility wouldn't even dare to look to heaven but cried out to God, please have mercy on me, a sinner. The brokenness of that man is acknowledging his sin before a holy God. And when he became truly broken, he started to truly flourish. And God said, This is the man that I most desire, the broken man. And he indeed will flourish. Just a couple parables for us to consider in our own journey of faith and wherever you are, wherever we are in that journey, because you're somewhere in there. We're all somewhere in there. Do we understand what it truly means to be broken? do we understand what it truly means to flourish? So my hope, my prayer is that for all of those that come to me at the rescue mission, that I teach them what it means to be broken and I help them to understand the hope of the gospel on what it means to truly flourish. And We may have some unique circumstances at the rescue mission, but this is a general principle for us all, isn't it? All of us need to come to a point in our lives, to come to our senses and realize that we are broken in our sin and we need the forgiveness of a savior. And thanks be to God, he came and he offers it today to every single person who will cry out, oh Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's do that with great compassion, with a heart for others to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It doesn't much matter if you're doing it at a rescue mission, you're doing it in your workplace, you're doing it with your family, at a family gathering. It doesn't much matter where you do it, only that you help people realize what true brokenness is and how they can truly flourish. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that the scriptures don't allow us to celebrate anything that desires to seek or to earn God's favor by our own doing. That we are called to realize, to recognize that I am born a sinner, that it is my nature to do that. And that in my brokenness, in my sin, in the realization And when I come to my senses, I cry out to God and say, Lord, forgive me. And God has offered the most amazing, incredible gift ever. He says, I will by faith in my son who paid the sacrifice, the debt for your sin on a cross. He lives and rules today. He cries out to your heart. And he offers you true flourishing that a life in Christ celebrates in a joy inexpressible, in a peace that surpasses understanding. So I pray that in this short time, in these two two brief parables, where are you in that journey? Do you need to be broken further? Do you need to come to your senses? Or have you accepted the gift through faith in Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, are you flourishing today? I pray that's the case. Thank you for this time. We commit it to our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have your will and your way in our hearts. Do the work of transforming lives. Help us to serve you in ways where you and you alone receive and are worthy of honor and glory. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.